Welcome to episode 123 of the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano, I'm Rob Cressy. Today's topic, Ronda Rousey's loss at UFC 207. Ooh. But first, like we do every episode, we're going to give you a fact about me of the day so you can get to know a little bit more about us. Brian, what's your fact about me of the day? All right. So for those of you, some of you know, I, I bike race on the side or try the last couple of months, last few months of 2016. I did not really ride at all. I wasn't training whatsoever. Couldn't find the time. Literally working six and a half days a week, working, you know, 12, 15 hour days. I literally had no time to do it, but I, you know, we hit the new year. I was amped up and I'm like, I got to do this. So New Year's Day. Uh, got out, rode the bike, felt both equally awesome and shitty at the same time, but did it. Got me uh, back amped up to do it. So I'm going to try. I didn't, January 2nd, I set my alarm and I ended up sleeping through it, probably because I rode my bike for a little bit the day before <laughs> for the first time in a long time. But my goal is to get back on the bike, train, and uh, get back into racing like end of the spring, early summer, uh, and be in full race shape which I don't know how I'm going to pull that off because I also don't anticipate cutting back any work hours. So I don't know where this time's coming from, but I'll let you know when I figure it out. Nice. I dig that. So I will also keep this uh, sport-themed. I mentioned previously that uh, I go to the gym, and when I do, I shoot free throws, and I won't leave until I make 10 in a row. Well, last year, I documented every time that I did that. And starting from November 30th of 2015 until December 31st, 2016, tracked all of my free throws. Here's some quick stats for you guys. I made over 4,000 free throws over that time. Uh, 10 being the lowest number for me to activate it. I only did that five times. Wow. The number that I hit the most, 11. 21 times my highest number 90 in my average over the entire span 22.3 free throws in a row every time and i think uh i went something like 197 days or something shooting free throws so that's my uh fact about me of the day that's some cool data man i like that I, i can't believe you kept track of such granular detail but that's pretty cool so i actually crazy random tangent here so i did that uh to start driving engagement on snapchat strangely i was like i've been doing this for so long i was like maybe i want to track it and if i'm tracking it i was telling the story of like of my life so going to the gym and fitness is a big part of what i do so i decided to start telling my snapchat how many free throws i made in a row that day i'm like literally it's the dumbest thing ever no joke it is the number one thing people tell me about They're like, I love your free throw challenge. So every day when I shoot the free throws, I'm like, today's free throw challenge is 27. And then I throw the ball over my head trying to make it. And everybody loves it. I have no idea why. That's awesome. (laughs) Right. And that's why you test because you never know it's going to work. Which brings us back to today's topic. Ronda Rousey's loss at UFC 207. Ouch. So she got knocked out by Amanda Nunes. In less than a minute, her second consecutive time getting KO'd and her future in the sport is in jeopardy on her own. She chose this way. So there's a lot of different topics to go around here. First, Brian, uh, 
other athletes and fighters are offering her support. So one thing that I hate is that with social media, out comes the haters. Yeah. Ronda Rousey is now the worst person in the world, <laughs> despite the fact that she is uh, a legendary UFC female fighter, a pioneer in the sport, the greatest to ever fight, even though the last two fights have not gone that way. Uh, we have the marketability. Let's start with this. Ronda Rousey's marketability. She's slated to be in seven upcoming movies. What do you think this does for her? Is this goodbye UFC, hello entertainment, all uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't. I, I'm not going to call her career over yet, like uh, the other haters on online. Obviously, I was super disappointed with her fight. I like Ronda. I wanted to see her come back. I wanted to see her kick some ass, and instead, she got her ass kicked. Um, but you know, look. I mean, it, it, it's really tough. There's obviously many, many factors that played into that, and we. That's a whole another episode. We could talk into why she lost, um, especially so badly, so quickly. But. From a marketability standpoint, I I don't think she's going to have any trouble unless one of two things happens. Unless she continues to fight, goes out there, gets her ass handed to her a third time in a row. Then I think people are just going to be like, look, like we can't count on you to be the star athlete that we thought you were. And I think then her marketability goes down. That's, that's one p- possibility if that happens. The other possibility would be for her to come out and say, you know what, forget this. I'm done. I'm retiring UFC. I'm only going to do TV or whatever else or find another career. Then her short-term marketability is down. She has a crazy personality. Obviously, she's super intense. I mean, she was all over Entourage. She's done a bunch of other stuff. So, like, she could parlay this into a film career or something and she could do equally as well if not better from that so there she has opportunities i don't want to say her marketability is necessarily damaged yet but i think it depends on what her next move is and i also like and the the thing that disappointed me more about her than losing the fight was the fact that she then kind of really skipped out on the press coverage right after and it was like just leaving everybody hanging that i think plays more into the negative connotation of her uh personal brand than actually the loss itself so she also skipped the pre-fight press conference as well and i think that's probably the biggest issue i have with her which is an extension of cam newton cam newton is seen as the ultimate front runner when the panthers were doing well going to the super bowl boom he's smiling ear to ear cam newton can't do anything wrong all of a sudden 2016 doesn't go well for cam newton and the panthers and he sulks and doesn't exude the same leadership uh, qualities and the confidence that we're accustomed to when things are going well. Uh, that's one thing that I'm not a fan of with this. But like you said, uh, I do think that Ronda's marketability, sure, it may be a small short-term hit, but I think she's got a ton of marketability. There's a ton she can do for female athletes and young people who want to uh, do great things with their lives. So the next thing, Brian, the UFC was sold for, I believe, $400 million dollars. Ronda Rousey's marketability was a big part of this purchase here. If she were to step away, now you've got a women's division where uh, Holly Holm might be the top uh, draw. Does that do anything for you? Because quite frankly, it doesn't for me. And in UFC, uh, stars are born, but they're taken away just as easily because this is a one-punch sport. First, I just uh, I'm going to correct you there on how much UFC was sold for. It's four billion with a B. Four billion. My apologies. So, so some big dollars on the line. Not that four hundred million is is cheap, but four billion dollars. No, I I don't think this affects UFC whatsoever because I, I at least right now 
Because, look, I think the, the fans, the super fans of the sport, they're watching any which way. Uh, obviously, UFC as an organization has the ability to flip this on its head and build another star. You got Holly Holmes. You've got, uh, what's her name uh, that beat? Uh, Amanda Nunes. Uh, Amanda Nunes. You got Amanda Nunes. Um, like, I didn't know her before this fight really well. I just heard her name in, in passing. Like, they have the ability to build new athletes, and maybe they need to reconsider how much energy and marketing that they're putting into one or two individual athletes and maybe spread the wealth around a little bit in case one of them does falter, you know, a la, um, you know, this round. So, like, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think that as far as UFC is concerned, they're fine, like, no big deal. Unless this becomes a habit where they start pushing fighters who, yeah, maybe in the early parts of their career, whether it's who they were lined up against or how they were marketed or that they just trained better, um, but pushing them and only them for long periods of time and then having no backup plan or nowhere else to go and no other story to pivot to. Because that's kind of where I feel like we're left with, at least in uh, the women's side of UFC right now. But that doesn't mean a new story won't emerge, and I'm sure it will. So long term, I think they're fine unless they make this a habit. So, Brian, let's sort of uh, talk about this in parallel to business of having a star employee or having only one client or only having a presence on one social media channel where, as you're seeing with Rhonda, who is UFC was all in on her being the women's division. If she's gone, that potentially leaves a gigantic void. So for people in business here, what can we learn from this because there are a lot of situations where you hire someone who's your best sales guy but guess what if he's your best sales guy he can very easily go somewhere else and you just sit there oh my god or you know what i went all in on myspace i didn't go on facebook then myspace boom gone or guess what i have one major client and then all of a sudden something shifts out of your control boom that client's gone uh-oh yeah, I think it's such a good metaphor, man. I think it plays in all aspects of life, especially business. I agree with all of that. You cannot be all in on one person, one thing, one client, one platform, one idea. You can't because if for some reason something shifts and there's nowhere else for you to go, you're screwed. Straight up, you're screwed. You're right. That top salesperson that has all your contacts that brought in 100% or 90% of your business walks out the door tomorrow, what are you going to do? The clients are following him because he built it or she, right? If you have um, that one star employee that oversees a whole portion of your company and no one else knows how to do what they do and they walk out tomorrow, not that you can't pick up from all this stuff, but man, it's a hell of a lot harder. What I say is you have to go all in at first. You have to have that star person, that star salesperson, that star partner, that star, you know, athlete, whatever that might be, that star platform that kicks you off. But as soon like like going all on Facebook immediately and wow, all this is amazing, but don't just sit there. As soon as that like kicks off and you know you've got a success or you got that huge client, that is your time to immediately, immediately go and get another one. Get the second one. Get the second best, the third best, maybe one that's even better. Otherwise you're not growing. You're just waiting for life to happen to you. And actually I have a a buddy of mine who had started an ad agency, you would know the name. They, this is like early 2000s, they had a very large portion of the Verizon account. Uh, I, think it, I think it was before it went to McGarry Bowen. Anyway, or one before that. Anyway, they had a very large portion of the Verizon account, tens of millions of dollars. And it was their largest account by like 90% of the agency. And then Verizon left. They went bankrupt. They're no longer around. 
because they got comfortable with this mega, mega client. They built the agency up around that. They worked with them for three years. They did not get another client of that scale. And guess what? Verizon walked out, end of story. You can't play that. I don't want to say to diversify yourself because that's just kind of like hedging everything. But what I say is you find the one thing that works, make it as best as you can. And as soon as it's great, go and make another duplicate of it or try to even beat that. That's how you win in the long game. All right, Ryan, time for our takeaways from this. For me, measure yourself by how you handle the tough times in adversity because that's what greatness is made of. Everyone can be great when times are good, but what about when you lose your clients, you lose a fight, you lose the Super Bowl, all eyes are on you, where are you going to pick your head up and say, I'm going to learn from this and get greater in business and in life? For me, I like to measure myself on how I handle the tough times. You know, I'm going to, this is, I think, as well, this applies to business, sports, and, and life in general is you have to play full in on one thing initially till you get it right. And as soon as you get it right and you know that it's right and it's working, that's when you scale and build, right? Because we hear all the time now with the whole entrepreneurial movement all the time, like, oh, you got to scale, you got to scale. The hell does that mean, right? Scale is just growth. But if you try to grow and scale without having that one thing that's just perfect and amazing, you're going to fail because you don't have anything that really makes you stand out and shine. So you got to build your company, build yourself, build your portfolio, whatever it might be, build your athletes so you have that one shining star. And then you build around that immediately. That's how you scale. So if it's the case of Ronda Rousey, you're the UFC and you get Ronda Rousey and holy crap, this is amazing and everybody loves her. You meet and she's building the whole UFC brand from the women's side and, and everyone else you immediately start to build that next person up, whether it's Holly Holmes or somebody else. And then you have, you build up multiple characters that, you know, uh, WWE, that's a perfect example, right? Like it wasn't just Hulk Hogan. I don't know who the first person is. You can probably tell me, but it wasn't just Hulk Hogan, right? There's how many characters that also became such humongous characters. Now it's obviously fictional, but it's the same thing in real life. Right? You get that one shining star salesperson. That's the first thing you do is you go get another salesperson. You have them learn from that shining star. And then they become awesome. And then you get the third person and so on and so on. And that's how you scale with success. And I think it works in any piece of life. Ryan, time for the action item. And I'm going to give this to you. Oh, you're catching me off guard. Um, whew, your action item is tweet me and Rob. And tell us, what's the one thing that you need to perfect before you can continue to grow? Whatever that means to you. 